Hi everyone and welcome to Bravo and the Brits, the podcast with a distinctly English take on all things reality TV. We've just heard that lockdown's going to be extended for another three weeks. Yes, we have. Um, I'm down to my last bottle of wine. (laughs) You're going to have to do an emergency supply run soon. Yeah, I have one bottle of M&S Prosecco, which someone got me as a gift, which I was going to buy like a litre of orange juice to just combine it to make it more bearable. Nice. (laughs) It'll really stretch it out as well. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then I could also feel a bit better about occasionally drinking with breakfast. Yeah, a nice little morning mimosa is fine. It's totally acceptable. If it's past 9am and it's on a weekend, that's basically yeah. brunch. Exactly. That's so fine. And bottomless brunch is a thing. Just because it's in your bed as opposed to in a restaurant. Yeah, that doesn't make it any different. No. Social <laughs> context should be irrelevant. Exactly. It's absolutely fine. I'm very on board with this idea. Speaking of social context, (laughs) (laughs) this episode, I mean, wow. I know. I mean, this was really just peak peak TV, wasn't it? They are working overtime to bring us what what we needed. They are. They're really keeping the whole franchise as a flow at this point, I think. It's amazing because they didn't even know that this is the state that the world would be in and yet I still feel that they really kind of found it within themselves to outperform yeah perform (laughs) they truly outdid themselves and they gave us kind of exactly what I think we've been missing with a lot of things like Vanderpump rules and stuff for a long time now yeah they gave us messiness that wasn't produced yeah it was like just pure unadulterated mess that wasn't really nasty or drama centric it was just good old-fashioned like trash tv mess Uh, this is exactly what we were saying last week about why Sonia is so great because it never really gets like horribly bitchy with her it's just (laughs) I mean (laughs) I can't even find the words I know I was literally the same I was having such a good time watching her though it was one of those things where it was like I was very glad that I wasn't in the room and in the situation like as a person having to deal with her I can imagine it wasn't probably as funny but for well, a- I'd have been mortified if I was with her oh, if I, I, I would actually I understood why Ramona was like why did I bring you here yeah no I can as well and I could just tell that Ramona was like full-on dying throughout that entire <laughs> section like all this thing that she's worked so hard to like put across about herself and Sonia's just came in like a wrecking ball and demolished it in about two hours yeah (laughs) it's so good I mean even so right from the beginning of the episode because we'll kind of get into the recap you just have Sonia kind of chaotically sticking her eyelashes on in the mirror she's just fully getting glue all over herself (laughs) the glue on her forehead she's like it's fine you just rub it in it's like oh girl but I like it this is my new um sort of Skype and Zoom based approach to makeup because now we're all just going to work on camera dating on camera so you don't have to worry about high definition anymore yeah it's no longer an issue if you've got like a little bit of something somewhere it's fine nobody can see you can literally headbutt a two-faced palette (laughs) and call it a day and they'll just be none the wiser it's fine it's the perfect solution really 
I've been treating it like it's stage makeup. I've been going full like orange. I've been contouring with a spatula. Painting for the back row. <laughs> Painting for the back row. That's exactly what I've been doing. <laughs> so I liked this. I liked that the episode opened on that. And we learned that they're off to a winery. I So I loved that I took Leah out of everybody. Leah, who has known them all the, like, the least amount of time, to be like, hey, maybe Luan didn't want to come to a winery and maybe that's why she's left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I It kind of took me a moment to put two and two together because at the start, you just learn that Luan has kind of started airing her grievances regarding the cellar room super early in the day. She mentions a spider issue and then she does... Of course, she recounts it in song. Of course. <laughs> there is nothing less Luan in the world than complaining via the art of song. <laughs> via nursery rhyme. <laughs> it's bitsy. I can't do it. <laughs> that voice is perfect, though. Thank you. Thank you. It's like a baritone. Yeah. It's so Basso. <laughs> Oh, God. But yeah, I love that it did take Leah to be like, hey, you know what, guys, maybe she just didn't want to be around wine <laughs> as a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. And again, I think Dorinda kind of showed a bit of a lack of empathy there because she kept kind of making boat digs. And I was like, oh, that's kind of grating on me because you have a lot of similar issues. Yeah, exactly. It felt very sort of like pot and kettle. Have you ever been to this part of the States? No, never. So I've been to New York and I've been to Vermont, but I've never been to like Hamptons or anything like that. Yeah, because I've been around sort of New England a bit. And I think is the Hamptons in New England. Like, I don't know. It's upstate New York. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. Um, I just it looks kind of nice and it looks quaint. But my feeling is the weather's not going to be particularly warmer than it is in the city. And I just kind of wonder what you would do. I know it kind of feels like it'd be really nice to have like a house there for like a weekend occasionally but I can't imagine spending like prolonged periods of time there. Yeah I think it's probably just because it's close to New York and that's what makes it so attractive rather than anything like intrinsic to the place itself. Yeah I think it's probably more you get the best of both worlds where you can have like a nice like well nice big house in the country and everything's sort of a little bit peaceful and quiet but you're not that far from New York either. So imagine it's probably more to do with that than that the place itself is particularly exhilarating. It's basically our Cotswolds, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's a really good shout. Kind of close to London, but very idyllic and quiet and calm. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> until certain people come to town. Yeah. <laughs> Disrupt the uh, <laughs> Throw the entire village into disarray. <laughs> It's like it's how I felt going to this little village in South Wales for my grandmother's funeral in December and like swooping in in my like crow headpiece, head to toe in black and demanding a Bloody Mary <laughs> at the local pub. And they had never made one before. And I had to show the bartender how to make one. Stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, I kind of have this as well because um, half of my family's from like the Lake District. So like my mum's side of things, like a couple of them still live out there and stuff like that. And I've only been a couple of times because it ain't for me, honey. But it's literally one of the things my mum was like organising a trip with my grandma. And they're like, oh, we're going to go stay in this like little B&B thing there. And I was like, I genuinely can't imagine anything worse. Yeah, I'm not really into a B&B. I, I hear that the Lake District still has some quite bougie parts. Like... Yeah. 
you could do a walk, go to a gastro pub. Yeah, I think it's kind of stepped it up in that sense, but just the prospect of this like slightly cold, damp, mildewy cottage for oh. several days with nothing around me was like put the shivers in me. Yeah. It was a hard pass for me. <laughs> yeah, I think we're definitely more um boutique hotel. Yeah, very much. South of <laughs> somewhere at least south of Watford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the lunch, Leah already caves to the Merlot bandwagon. I know, she caved in so quickly. I sort of expected just a little bit more from her. Although I did understand there was, you know, winery and all that. But you also got the sense that she kind of was just sick of being picked on for things. So it was just like, oh, fuck it, just give me a wine. Yeah, she knew what she needed to get through the scene at that point. (laughs) I did lol when she was like, I'm not an alcoholic. I just stopped drinking because I didn't like what it did to my life. Uh, old-fashioned. Yeah, but is that not the textbook definition? That was exactly what I thought as well. It was like, no, no, it's not an alcoholic or anything. It just ruined my life, so I had to stop. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> forgive me. What is one then? Yeah, that was kind of a wild state. Yeah. And then Ramona really ramps everything up by suggesting that the ladies all share a story of vulnerability. I thought this was so wild. Like, who knew they were all so emotional as well? Like, I don't, there must have been something in the water. Or when they were filming this, they'd been there a lot longer than the editing made it look. Because they were all very quick to tears, which I didn't think any of their stories really warranted. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they were like lovely stories. It was nice to get to know them a bit. But even Leah was like so quick to like be like, oh, oh I'm going to cry and stuff. And I was like, am I missing something? Am I just not drunk enough for this? Like, I think she, I yeah, I think this was multiple bottles of wine in. <laughs> I think so. Which we didn't necessarily get. I think the whole thing as well was kind of a very thinly veiled attempt to get Tinsley to open up a little bit. Yeah, I think it was as well. I think it was all a little bit contrived in that sense. I mean, you can just tell that Ramona loves to hear about people's backstories and she just does this this really wild-eyed testimonial. Yes. It's like, that's how you get close to someone. (laughs) I love the sort of the pop-eyed thing that she does when she gets really intense. When she gets excited by something. Yeah, it's like she gets all riled up and it's just like it comes out in her eyes and nothing else. Nothing else about her face moves but her eyes. It's like a bird of prey that's like fixated on their target and they just don't stop until they swoop in and get it. It's like a hawk. Just circling around her prey until she's decided which one she wants to go for. And this time it was Tinsley, who, let's face it, is the dormouse here. Yeah, she really is. I think in every situation with these women. Maybe just in life, actually. I think with everyone, because she's she's got the same kind of beta female energy with her mum. Yeah, she does. She's very much, like, in the backseat of everything. I feel like she's very like, oh, I just want someone to take the reins for me. (laughs) That was the perfect Miney Tinsley voice. Thank you. (laughs) You are very well. I realise that I'm appalling at all of these impressions, but I also just can't help myself from going there. No, I feel like you commit so well that it's fine and everything's passable. Uh, That's that's how I aim (laughs) to go about things. Just do things with enough conviction and (laughs) fly. It's the way I get through life in general, I think. 
so Ramona's feeling very lost in life because Ramona goes first. And I actually think this is a really interesting thing to hear about because, again, on paper, she's accomplished. She's kind of ticked everything off. And even when her marriage initially failed, you felt that she still had her career, her social circle, her daughter. And for her to be having this kind of fourth quartile of life crisis... <laughs> where she feels that she's just reverted back to square one. It It's quite scary, but I'm also very curious and interested to see how she kind of pulls herself out of it and navigates it. I am as well. And I thought it was really interesting because, again, if you sort of think about it, obviously she's in her 60s now. And, I mean, she's got such a you know substantial amount of wealth behind her and she's achieved so much that it's interesting to see that she's not content with just kind of winding down and just sort of being like, yeah, I can just live life kind of doing whatever I want almost like a retirement sort of thing where she's just like yeah I can just you know spawn around and do this and that I don't really have to think about anything so it's interesting to see that she still feels like she needs some kind of work or project or direction which I wouldn't have really thought was necessary yeah I think she either wants a work project to take her mind off things or she wants the project to be a relationship yeah I agree I think she just needs something to like get her claws into and kind of work with keep herself active like her mind like functioning and active I think if I had to um sort of analyze Ramona as a personality I think she is the kind of person who would equate slowing down with giving up yes I think that's so spot on and I think it possibly she's starting to think about her own mortality she's aging you know I think in your 60s that would be a fairly I don't think you're old in your 60s but I think that's a quite natural kind of train of thought that would start cropping up more and more and I think that might be scaring her yeah I think you're spot on the money with that one actually I think it is interesting because you kind of think oh it's like she has so much and she's accomplished so much so it's kind of interesting to see that she still wants more and not from like a financial gain perspective but more from a keeping going and keeping herself sort of active and involved kind of way and just kind of fulfillment wherever it can come from absolutely so I thought that was really interesting I actually enjoyed hearing like everybody's stories yeah I I actually think this was a really good move on Ramona's part I do as well because although it seemed like a little bit sort of forced and a little bit kind of you know we're gonna sit around and braid each other's hair and talk about what makes us vulnerable sort of thing (laughs) (laughs) but it did actually work like it kind of made it made me feel like I sort of understood a little bit more behind the the top surface of everybody I mean apart from Sonia yeah (laughs) I mean but the thing is as well they do this in Atlanta all the time where someone will just be like okay ladies if someone has something to say let's just get it out there and that's very artificial too yeah but the kind of the end point is sort of productive yeah it's just a way of kick-starting the conversation yeah so it's kind of it's kind of clunky getting there but it does kind of ultimately pay off I I think it was really interesting um kind of hearing about how they sort of see life as not getting from A to B and it's more about jumping around within that and I think one of the big strengths of this show and the fact that it has a slightly more mature cast is we really get a feel for how these women navigate this and kind of either reinvent themselves or fall to pieces as a result of that movement and as a result of that progression. so interesting actually I'd never really thought of that but yeah when you look at all the other casts like they always kind of have like 
the kind of couple of people that are a little bit older, like Beverly Hills, obviously used to have like um, Lisa Vanderpump and things like that. But generally, all their cast is kind of very, very mid forties, where it's not quite like Sonia said, like not quite one foot in the nursing home, but like, <laughs> which I just love for her acknowledging that. Yeah. <laughs> but they're also not like super young, like start of their careers, start of their lives kind of thing. So you kind of get this weird middle ground with a lot of them where. Yeah, you kind of just feel like you're just sort of watching them live day to day. Whereas I feel like a lot with like the New York women, because they are all a little bit older, you kind of get to see this more sort of like mature, sort of like reticent look back on everything. Yeah, you see their own nostalgia for their lives kind of framed through their own experiences. I also realised that I'm going very in deep here and that might just be like <laughs> complete lack of stimulation, intellectual or otherwise. <laughs> no, I'm the same. I started to get like a heavy into the psychoanalysis of everything and I was like, I need to dial this down. <laughs> I don't think you do. I think you need to go with that. But I mean, it was, it was like Dorinda said, she was like, oh, we were all like that it girl, that socialite at one point and stuff. And I kind of, it sort of occurred to me then where I was like, God, yeah, like these women have all had such these great, big, elaborate, fun, bizarre lives before we even got to see it. Whereas with all the other franchises, we're kind of seeing it in action. Whereas this is more like what happens after you've been a bit of a socialite and a bit of like a girl about town kind of thing. Yeah. And I think I don't know about you, but I've never really been one for like the baby storyline, the wedding storyline. Well, I don't like it either. It's all just a bit like it feels a bit like fluffy and a bit sort of like sickly do you know what I mean I kind of like the the nitty-gritty bits much more yeah and you're also not getting a true representation of any of those things because they have nannies and teams and they're so aware of everything whereas I think some kind of life crisis or loss of direction is something super universal that everyone will go through at some stage yeah and it's so much harder to manufacture in the way that you can sort of manufacture like a great big TV worthy wedding and it kind of doesn't feel very real but like a genuine just like midlife quarter life three quarter life crisis you can't really like fake that or make that up yeah yeah I agree and it did also absolutely kill me when Sonia loudly exclaimed that she had no idea that Ramona was so (laughs) self-realized because Ramona does seem so deluded at times but then it just made me laugh that you had Sonia who's like the messy party girl invoking the concept of (laughs) self-actualization over this wine-fueled brunch and it was just so perfect to me it was such an excellent line it was it was phenomenal I love that as well she was just like oh Ramona I had no idea what (laughs) in this like sloppy Sonia way (laughs) I lived for it I thought that was brilliant and then Tinsley interjects and they kind of, they, the music changes and they just put on this kind of dumpy plodding music <laughs> where she's like, but just think about me, think about me. And then Dorinda compares her to an iceberg. And I have to say, when she started that sentence with, I was watching the Discovery Channel the oh. other night, I was a little concerned as to where it was going. I was, I did not know where that metaphor was going to go or end up at all or yeah. what thing it was going to take to get there either but it was surprisingly sort of apt for, for the situation which I was kind of relieved about but as soon as she was like yeah so I was watching the Discovery Channel I was like oh no I know I was pleasantly surprised by yeah. the accuracy and the appropriateness of the yeah. ensuing metaphor yeah 
<laughs> very topical. <laughs> and they all mentioned the very valid point that they hadn't even heard about the new boyfriend. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. And actually that Leah was the only one that had heard anything about it. Although when she was like, oh, I was speaking to Leah about it the other day. And then the thing was like yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Leah and Tinsley seem to be quite close. Yeah, I think Tinsley probably feels quite comfortable sort of opening up to her. Because I feel like she's far less likely to judge her. Yeah. I think she's less likely to judge her on like her actions and things like that. Whereas like I also think like Leah is one of those people... Like, when Tinsley said she'd been on a date with the guy that had, like, the, the multi-million dollar house, and they walked in and, like, Tinsley introduced them, and she just, turned, like, Leah turned to Tinsley and was like, girl, <laughs> no. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on that. Oh, okay, we'll get there. <laughs> so, Tinsley's, Tinsley's complaint with this new guy, he's called Bruce, isn't he? Yeah, Bruce. Um... So it kind of sounds like she's complaining that Bruce is too much of a family man and that she doesn't want to, like, compete for attention in that setup. Yeah, and I think she was also seemed to have a problem with the fact that he already had kids as well. And I think she was like, I want to be the absolute centre of your world until then we have children and those are children, rather than just enjoying that there was children involved at all. Yeah, and I get like not wanting to be a stepmom, but wouldn't you worry about a guy that you were dating if they had kids and he wasn't making them his priority? Yeah, like he had nothing to do with them or he had no interest in like sharing that part of his life with you. Like that would find that much weirder. Yeah. It, so- it was it was strange to me. I mean, I have dated guys with kids, but <laughs> the kids have either been grown up and moved out. <laughs> or living elsewhere so I genuinely wouldn't know how I felt about it but then at the same time I'm 25 I'm in a very different place in life than Tinsley yeah so I think you kind of have to be a bit more malleable in those kinds of situations yeah I do as well I think especially if you're looking for somebody who's like of a certain age but also you want to have children you kind of got to expect that they either already come with children or there's a reason that they haven't already had them yeah exactly I think it's quite a big expectation to expect that she's going to find somebody who's like age appropriate and obviously has a certain type of life and lifestyle and also really wants to have kids but has never had kids but is so down to have kids like immediately as soon as she wants to do it like it's quite a contrived sort of ideology that she's got with this yeah because you also get this whole sense that if someone's in their mid-40s and has never been married they're like ooh, red flag yeah but if they had been married before, then most likely they would have kids from that or they wouldn't have wanted kids in the first place. So then why would they change their mind second time round? Exactly. And like, I feel like she's kind of just like looking for like the unicorn of like middle aged men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's definitely got a list. She does. And it seems like a very, very long and very specific list. I don't think she really sounded that committed to the whole Bruce concept in the yeah, first place. You could tell she was already sort of bowing out of that scenario, wasn't she? Yeah, this was her <laughs> preamble to like the, oh, we're not really seeing each other anymore chat that she'll have in a couple of weeks' time with the ladies, no doubt. Exactly. And then she'll announce that she's back with Scott again or something. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> they together now, do you know? I don't know. I think I had it in my head that they were, but I can't remember if that was a long time ago or not <laughs> time has just become an abstract concept at this point this lockdown <laughs> it has collapsed in on itself <laughs> it's no longer worth referencing as any kind of meaningful measure of anything I could say last week and it could have been months ago by this point 
So Leah talks about her brief stint in rehab and how her parents wouldn't, her take, wouldn't take her back into the family home, how they took her to a literal nunnery. And then she kind of says, oh, it gave her the resilience to set up her own business, blah, blah, blah. I kind of like that Ramona really identifies with Leah. Like, I think she has this kind of weird respect for Leah that I don't think she seems to have for a lot of the other women. I, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think she kind of actually sees a lot of herself in Leah. And I think in a way that she doesn't really see in the others, that makes her kind of want to almost be much kinder to her. I can see her softening around Leah. And I think the reason that she's not like that with Sonia is because she knows that Sonia's not a businesswoman. He's never really done it for herself. Yeah, it's all from from the Morgan family. Yeah, and then being on the show, but that's not necessarily. Yeah, (laughs) it's not her lifestyle brand, shall we say. And then we get to Dorinda. And just on a side note, I really liked what she was wearing. Oh, I did as well. I thought she looked so good. I think she had a good outfit episode this week. I think she did. It was kind of, it gave me slight Matisse vibes. It was like micro florals. I was very into it. I was as well. It was a good fit for the the winery as well. And it was age appropriate without being stuffy. Yeah, or like frumpy. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know what the designer was, though. I couldn't really No, I don't either. But I did, did enjoy that look on her. I thought it was really good for her. Speaking of looks, by the way, can we just discuss how much um, Tinsley's stylist did her dirty with that fucking fringe? <laughs> fucking head. <laughs> I don't know how many more episodes I'm going to have to sit through with her and that confessional look. I cannot cope with it anymore. Like, I can't even look at it when it's on screen. It's so bad. It looks like, you know, when you had, like, cartoon cows and they had that sort of, like, middle part hair <laughs> yeah. that up at the sides. It's, yeah. it's exactly that. Yeah, I just... It, is it Whoville? Is that where the Grinch... Yes! Or where, where the Grinch terrorises? To yes. me, that's what it reminded me of. Very, like, Cindy Lou. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I just don't understand how it's so stiff and like angular. Do you see what I mean? That they gave it like some zhuzh at some point in between shooting and it it just got taken kind of over the edge. I completely see now and I can't believe I missed it last week, but now I can never ever unsee it ever again. Yeah, I'm hoping they phase that one out over the next episode. God, I really hope so. So we get on to Dorinda and she says that she's scared every day. And then you think there's going to be some kind of emotional vulnerability. But then it it kind of sounds like she's still just talking about the house. Yeah, I thought that. I thought she was going to be like, oh, because of what happened to Richard. Like, I get scared every day that something's going to happen to, like, John or Hannah or this and the other. But then she never really elaborated on what she was scared about. It just sounded more like she was just overwhelmed with having a big project. Yeah, I she didn't really bring any massive revelations to the table and you can kind of see the lady's expressions slowly change. Apart she, from Ramona who ran sobbing to hold her <laughs> because her house needed renovating. <laughs> if Ramona's going to have emotional empathy with you about anything, it's going to be a construction project. That is so true. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> I mean, she honestly was making being the owner of multiple huge properties sound like such a massive burden to the point where Tinsley is almost eye rolling. Yeah, exactly. And you know that Tinsley is dreaming of having these like big, massive mansion houses and everything. And even Tinsley was just like, what are you complaining about? 
Leah's expression was the best, though, that kind of slightly wide-eyed, like you could see her physically trying not to roll her eyes. Yeah, just propping them up with ice picks. <laughs> yeah, you could see it was like a concentrated effort. <laughs> and then I just need to talk Sonia's montage where they just kind of time-lapse her and some highlights. And then you die and you catch some dick on the way. <laughs> I wrote that down too because that was truly the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Daddy's got a shotgun. <laughs> You've got one foot in the nursing home. <laughs> I feel like these are all really strong names for country songs. I do as well that you can make a full album with these. <laughs> so good. I want a t-shirt that just says you died, you catch some dick on the way. <laughs> I'm going to make you one. When's Thursday? December. You've got plenty of time. <laughs> so much time to explore the best font oh god it's so perfect I just want it in every one in every color I yeah I mean the thing that I love about Sonia so much is that no one writes this shit for her and you couldn't write this shit can you imagine her trying to say something scripted it would be a disaster you can tell all of this just genuinely comes from somewhere in in her brain (laughs) just years of (laughs) using prescription (laughs) painkillers and then you found love for gin and tonic oh, her face when they told her there was no gin I'm in a 30 million dollar house and there's no gin I loved her for that I flew home over New Year I took like a little airplane um, it's horrible it's like a turbo prop it's so small that you walk your own suitcase your own check-in luggage to the plane and then basically put it in the plane yourself in oh the my God. so it's horrific and it's a scottish airline and okay so you're in this tiny little turbo prop i'm not a great flyer like i do it but i don't enjoy it you're flying middle of december you know it's freezing cold it's windy it's snowing it's raining whatever you can hear every single bump you can feel everything there's probably me and three businessmen on the flight. Oh, my God. There are four of us. It's literally, <laughs> the plane is so small. I mean, I'm only 5'7". I'm not, like, super tall. I actually can't fully stand up in the plane. <laughs> Give you some reference. All I wanted was a and t so I could just knock myself out for an hour and yeah. just sleep my way through the turbulence. They do not serve alcohol on any oh. of Lights. No, unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. I was I can't remember the last time I flew and didn't have at least a drink. This is a Scottish airline as well. Unbelievable. That's appalling. And I, I was just like, why? <laughs> I just had to ask. And the guy was like, I'm so sorry, ma'am. You know, blah blah blah. It's, it's just company policy. And I was just, like, I, I was. Sh- and then he was like, Do you want a coffee? And I was like, No, I don't want to be more alert as I potentially. <laughs> plunge to my death thanks very much I want to be semi if not completely unconscious please exactly oh no that sounds like hell absolutely hell not good not good I think next time I'll just get the train to London and then do the Eurostar because nothing is worth that (laughs) at least there's plenty of places you can buy alcohol on the way Uh, yeah exactly um and but then on the way back my mum actually helped me smuggle some booze in so that was nice oh, fantastic that's that good, good. <laughs> so Lou re-emerges prior to this cocktail party they're all heading off to and Ramona of course is on her way to a date 
oh, I fucking knew that when she was going, no, you guys just go back to the house. I'm going to check out this venue. No, no, you stay. You go to the house. You don't come with me. I was like, this bitch is going on a date. And then she was just like, so I went on a date. I was like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> it's so ballsy as well when you're literally on the job. Yeah. To yeah. just sneak out. <laughs> You've got literally a house full of guests and you're just dipping out on them as well to go on this random date. She's wearing a very bold lemon yellow maxi dress. She is, which is just such a Ramona's version of like being seductive, isn't it? I just, I don't like, and this goes for people any age, it's nothing about her, but I I don't like sort of spaghetti straps. No, I have a sort of issue with them. I feel like unless it's like a very hot day and it's like a vest top and it's a necessity, I just, no, no. Fine for the earring. Uh, yeah like a capelet sleeve or I don't know just something yeah no I totally know what you mean and especially like I just feel like that dress looked very like beach wary yeah it looked like a cover-up yeah I didn't think I thought that was what she was wearing to like do her makeup and then she put a little pashmina around her shoulders and trotted off and I was like oh that's that's the look for the evening okay (laughs) that's the look But it did really make me laugh when Sonia and Ramona start giving Lou shit about her outfit, where she's where she goes, oh, are you doing the Ralph Lauren thing again? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a flashback of it with all those flowers on. <laughs> I mean, it does kind of age her prematurely. It does. It makes her look very sort of dowdy in a way that I don't think she needs to look. And I do actually agree with them that the cardigan was not helping. But yeah, also, if, between the two of them, when those two had like the, the lemon yellow beach caftan and that weird sort of extra sparkly New York housewife dress that Sonia was wearing and they were just giving Lou shit for wearing like a Laura Ashley dress (laughs) I literally wrote down Luann has two dress styles Giovanni or Laura Ashley no in between (laughs) it's so true everything's like fucking cabaret or like skipping through a floor like a forest somewhere (laughs) there's nothing in between these two things (laughs) Prairie roaming. Prairie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sonia in her like bodycon look, she's got like all this graphic cross hatching all over it. But again, I just really, I don't like sleeveless dresses. No, I've got a funny thing with them. And I just feel like, especially that cut, there was something so unflattering about it. Like, I think Sonia's got like a really good body. And it was just, it, especially towards the end of the night, as she had been drinking, it was definitely clinging. Yeah, and it just made her look so much more bloated and you could tell it was like riding up and like clinging and it was just like, I felt like uncomfortable watching her wear it because I've yeah. been there in like a bandaged, <laughs> bandaged mini dress before where every step you take, it's like one of your ass cheeks pops out the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there. We've all done it. So I could fully sympathise. But yeah, I just felt like she could have done so much better. Yeah, I I wasn't into it, and I also think that very like aggressive black and nude combo like oh, I hate it. I, I hate just color perspective. Yeah. I'm also really sick of those Rebecca de Ravenel earrings that like everyone has. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, they seem to just be everywhere at the minute, and I don't think they're particularly anything special. So I don't really know why they're having such a a thing right now. Having a moment. Yeah, I don't know. It does nothing for me. I also really liked Ramona pointing at a mansion out of a moving cab and saying, that's the man who invented the lights on children's trainers. <laughs> like, I would love to be able to say that and be like, oh, that's oh. my friend who invented the pop socket or something. <laughs> or just any kind of novelty, really. Yeah, like, I, just, yeah. I yeah. don't know. 
<laughs> I know and I just love that she just has all this knowledge like stored away ready to just throw out at a moment's notice as well and then the irony and the gall of Sonia to then criticise Ramona for name dropping. I mean, I know. I know. Especially when she talks about all of her parties and all of these things. And she's literally just like name dropping left, right and centre. And the absolute stones in her to just be like, oh, well, she just always forgets that we're her real friends. But I do share when she's saying that she hates small talk and she yeah. finds parties where she doesn't know people to be like quite dull. I do agree. I, I find that excruciating. I do as well. And to be fair, that entire party looked like my worst nightmare. Yeah. And can I, the house was awful. Oh God, it was so bland and tasteless. The only good thing about it was that fucking bowling alley. Like I'd have just stayed down there all night. I'd have avoided anybody else. Even if I'd have been alone, I'd have just stayed down there. It honestly, to me, looked like the lobby of like a half decent hotel. Yes, that was exactly it. And you could just tell that it was like, like, I don't understand if he designed it and made it with selling it in mind or whether he genuinely did it for himself and then is now selling it. Because to me, it looked like some kind of like teen rapper house as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's some kind of like faux Yeah. Like having a fucking DJ booth over a skate ramp, but it was like, you are an old man. Like, even if you have children, who are you having come and DJ for this? The whole I feel like the rich Americans hate character. Yes, I always find this with like every American house, they're always so empty and void of like personality or like culture or anything. Everything is just beige and gold. But the thing is, you need it even more in the States as well, because literally all of the homes are new builds. Like there's no such thing as a character property and there's no intrinsic personality to it. Because yeah. I love that kind of aesthetic of having, I don't know, like a chateau in France that's kind of like slightly crumbling but grandiose and then filling it with quite modern furniture. Like that, I think, can be really cool. Yeah, I totally agree. Or like I love the like, Edwardian houses where they've got maybe like a little bit of like a glass glass extension on the back and then they've got kind of like a modern kitchen but they've got all like the antique fixtures and fittings and crown mouldings and stuff like I love that kind of juxtaposition whereas every American house is just like an empty box yeah yeah I just it just feels like such a waste I mean we say this every time (laughs) no but it really really does the whole party was kind of dystopian uncanny valley vibes which Leah picks up on I know (laughs) <laughs> when she was just called it like like a weird white people party. <laughs> I like, thought that was so accurate. Yeah, I like how self-aware Leah is. Like, even though she's kind of in a higher economic bracket, you can still see that she's able to kind of call people out. Yeah, and she knows how fucking weird this stuff is. Oh, and this guy's teeth. <gasps> oh, I know. I know. They were literally like... You can tell he must have paid probably about a hundred grand for those teeth. And they were awful. <laughs> to me, they looked like little spearmint gum tablets all lined up, but they were all identical in size. There was no kind of yes. differentiation. That's what it was. Like every single one was like exactly the same tooth, just over and over and over again. It's like nobody's fucking human teeth look like that. 
Oh my God, that reminds me. I also heard this absolute horror story from someone about their friend who went to Turkey because they wanted to get cheap veneers. Because obviously I'm very much on the bandwagon of like, my teeth, make them fake. And so he had undergone the procedure to like sand them down and get them all ready. And then lockdown was announced. So back to Scotland without finishing the procedure. Can you imagine? God, that's truly the worst lockdown story that I've heard so far. That is mortifying. I, I literally am dying for him. Like, I've got one fake tooth at the front, like my, not my front teeth, but one next to it. Um, Because I had a root canal and they took too much of the nerves out. So my tooth started to die. Oh my God. Yeah, it was literally horrendous. It started to go grey and I was like, this is absolutely unacceptable. But because it was their fault, I could get it done in the NHS. So I just demanded that they fixed it for me. So I have like a fully capped tooth and literally the process is hideous. But I can't imagine having every single one of my teeth having that done to them (laughs) and then just being like, sorry, shit happens. You just have to put up with this until it's over. Oh, I mean, I suppose at least he can't leave the house. (laughs) Yeah, at least nobody's going to have to see him. (laughs) Literally horrendous. (laughs) Honestly, just one of the worst things I can imagine happening. And so uh, at the party, Sonia is just kind of unashamedly losing her mind and her knickers over the state of the house. (laughs) But I do agree with Dorinda that it is a very American thing to do a house tour. Isn't it? It's super weird. Like, I've had, like, when we've moved in places, like, people have been like, oh, you show me around and stuff. And it's like, I kind of get it, like, for, like, my small pokey house, you know what I mean? That's like a little three-bedroom, like semi in Gosford but like if you've got like this multi-million dollar house it just seems so braggy yeah it's very um vulgar yeah I think it is it's really crass it's not for me at all I mean don't get me wrong I'd have loved to have had a neb round but I'd love to have just sort of slunk off and had a neb round on my own rather than being showed it by like the host of the party oh I'd have been obsessed with every second of it if I was there <laughs> But I also, I agree with you. I mean, I've been in some pretty nice houses and stuff, but I don't think I've ever been somewhere where the host has been like, "Mm, let me show you. No, it just seems so, like, horribly self-indulgent. Like, let me just take a minute to show you about all the things that I can afford. And it's like, ugh. Although I suppose, I mean, was he trying to sell it to one of them? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I did love, I did love that in the in the car though. When I think it was Sonia was just like, well, that's why I invited us because it's for sale. <laughs> <laughs> and then they will start um, bowling in the bowling alley. And I just a little detail that I really liked was Luann's little white kitten heel moment with the dress. <laughs> you could tell she tried to edge it up a little bit to stop it being so Laura Ashley. I think it worked. I did as well. And, you know, also as a side note, I actually loved this little bowling bit for Luan because I just felt like it was something where she could kind of be involved and it wasn't around drinking. Yeah, absolutely. I think when she gave the testimonial and said, you know, well, I kind of thought I would have Leah being another person. I I felt quite sorry for her. I did as well. And kind of like, I get obviously like it's not Leah's job to sort of not do what she wants to do in solidarity with Luan, but I did really feel for Luan where she'd obviously sort of got used to this having a bit of a crutch in Leah and suddenly she was just like thrust back out into her own again. Yeah, and I think, like you say, the fact that the ladies didn't necessarily put two and two together that she wouldn't want to come to a winery, I think 
they need to heighten their sensitivities a bit. Yeah, 100%. Like, even if they said, like, look, we're going to go do this, like, obviously you're welcome to come, but if you don't want it, we totally understand. Is there something we can, like, get for you? Or, like, is there something else that some of us can do with you? Just anything to make it a bit more kind of, like, inclusive rather than this, like, well, we're going. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to come kind of thing. Yeah, and the fact that she still felt the need to make up an excuse about the chiropractor and blah, 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 rather than just saying, look, I I don't feel like I can face it. I think that shows that they still need to kind of be a bit more mature about managing the situation. Yeah, and she doesn't kind of feel quite comfortable enough to be like, I don't feel ready to go to this winery. Yeah. Which is kind of sad as well. Like, I did feel bad for her. We then got to Ramona being foisted in the air <laughs> on one of those Ikea hanging chairs by the little Trumpian that owns the house. I swear those are Ikea chairs. I think they're Ikea chairs as well. Or if not, they're just somebody very rich has made an Ikea chair and just made it incredibly expensive instead. Oh, yeah. It's not Ikea. Sorry. It's Scandi design. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally exactly that. And then she's trying to actively sell herself into sex slavery. But not even that. She's not even trying to sell herself. She's just volunteering herself as some kind of full-time hot tub custodian. (laughs) I know. And you could tell that she was like, she knew what she wanted to say, but she was also wary of saying it on camera a little bit as well. And she's just like, yeah, you can you can keep me here. I mean, you know, you don't have to, you know, oh, you can just, oh. (laughs) It's like, just say it, Rona. You want to move in because he's rich and he has a hot tub and a spa room and I I don't blame you I mean (laughs) more power to you (laughs) never have to even interact with him in that house you could live fully separate lives they could have full separate wings and never even have to see each other that's the dream that is the dream right there is not having to spend any prolonged periods of time together (laughs) in a house so big you can let me basically have your own house within the house yeah, my mum always says the secret to a happy marriage is having a house big enough that you don't have to see each other all the time. <laughs> Every time I hear something about your mum, I think I just love her a little bit more. Uh, she's honestly the best person on the planet. Although she sent me a link today to a book that she wants because she's kind of into the occult. All right. Amazing. Um, <laughs> classic. And she was like, oh, could you find me a reasonable price copy of this in English? And I was looking on Amazon. The cheapest I can find is £115. And <laughs> the higher end of that bracket is £1,115 for this effing paperback. What is this book? It's just about esoteric mysticism, essentially. But uh, yeah. <laughs> They're at premium, you know. So I'll I'll send her back the link and be like, look, I can get this for you, but it's going to be your Christmas and your birthday. (laughs) It's literally all you're getting from me for the next 365 days. Yeah. (laughs) I love that for her, though. I love that she's just so into that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't think she like practices. I think she's more like a theorist for now. (laughs) Likes the principle rather than the actual practical. Although I would encourage her if she wanted to get into white magic to actually start maybe just testing some things out at this point. Yeah, just see what happens. No harm, no foul. (laughs) So we go back upstairs at the party and there's this very chic woman. And I just loved when someone asked her what she was wearing. I didn't catch her name. Elise. 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 Okay, so I love when someone was like, oh, I love your top. What is it? And she was just like, "Mm, very old Cavalli. Yeah. 
I just love that because that to me was just a move just being like oh so many seasons ago yeah it's vintage but I don't even want to use the word vintage it's just like oh this old thing like I really like that I did as well I love that it was such a move such a bold move and she calls Sonia an accessory, which I basically thought when she said this, she mm-hmm. was just helping her to summarise what Sonia was already trying to get across. So this is what I thought as well. And yet everybody's faces were so like shocked and appalled at this. And I was like, but isn't that exactly what Sonia was saying? She was saying like, oh, you used to just buy me loads of stuff and like I wasn't comfortable with it. Yeah, about, you know, being forced to sort of be paraded around. And I don't necessarily buy into the narrative that Sonia's selling. No, I don't either. Don't I don't think for a second that she did not enjoy every aspect of that. But I don't think that Elise was trying to be bitchy. No, I don't think she was trying to be catty in the slightest. And so I don't really understand why everybody kind of lost their minds. And Sonia went into that full, like, Morgan Letters rage again with the hands and the in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I just... <laughs> The way that she's just shouting that she was partners with her husband and it's like, I don't shame my pussy, I'm not a trophy wife. Oh, honey, like your take on revisionist history is really endearing, but it just doesn't make it true. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody here is buying that narrative either. No one's buying into it. <laughs> I mean, she really just goes off the hook and it, it it's in equal parts joyful and painful to watch, but it, it makes great TV. I just love the way that Sonia can just like full flip flop and 180 as quick as she can, though, because she was literally like up in that Elisa's face, like shouting, like, I wasn't a trophy wife. I wasn't this, that and the other. And and then was literally just like kissing the woman on the face at the same time. <laughs> like, Take that back. <laughs> it was the whole thing was just so wild. It was amazing. I love that monologue. I'm not a trophy wife. I don't shave my pussy. I don't shave my legs. <laughs> this is the truth that we're all living at the moment. It is, exactly. And I love the way that she sort of weirdly rounded on Tinsley and was like, you were a trophy wife. And Tinsley was just like, what the fuck are you coming at me for? <laughs> yeah, Tinsley was like, with my high school boyfriend, really? Yes. <laughs> Who was the same age as me? Like... <laughs> oh god but yeah oh Sonia was just such high value entertainment like when I think it was the next scene when she was sat at that table with well trying to get Ramona to sit at that table with everybody and she was just like your rich friends and their diamond bracelets and their <laughs> this that and the other and you could see the people around the table like physically recoiling from her I lost my damn mind when she's like that guy wants to have sex with me and the camera pans over and this literal child is sitting at the table <laughs> like he looks younger than both of us as well like he was literally you could tell he was only barely old enough to be drinking oh he didn't look a day past 20 no he was like full baby and you could tell he was like having the best time of his life but was also genuinely afraid <laughs> Uh, you also know for a fact that that guy has never made a woman orgasm in his life. <laughs> no. The pink polo shirt and the, you can just tell he was wearing chinos and probably some boat shoes. Do you know what he looks like? What? 
He looks like someone who went straight from grad school into doing an MBA, having never run a business or set foot in an actual workplace. Yes, this is exactly it. And then suddenly he's like the manager of a full company, despite never having actually worked a day in his life. Like, you just know. <laughs> the, family business, the family business. He's, <laughs> he's a non-executive director yeah. of the family business. And everything will get left to him when his dad dies, but only after his dad's established that everybody can run this company with or without his input. (laughs) (laughs) He'll circle back to you about that email later and he might want to touch base. (laughs) Oh, God. You can just tell that's him. It's him to a T. I will literally eat my hat if he is not at least all of those things. I think he's really into the idea of thinking about the box and adopting like a lean startup attitude, but yeah. it's never going to happen. <laughs> no, let's face it. <laughs> he is capitalism in a person. <laughs> Literally personified. He is everything, everything wrong with America, really. It's it was- little pink, <laughs> pink polo shirt. <laughs> it was kind of cute the way he went the same colour as the polo shirt yeah they did become one that kind of fusion magenta (laughs) blend (laughs) monochrome (laughs) I mean Sonia would have legitimately destroyed him oh she would she would have eaten him alive his life would have never been the same again (laughs) he'd have seen things (laughs) you can never unsee (laughs) oh it probably would have been good for him bless him (laughs) Uh, yeah <laughs> do you know what he needs he needs a rum springer but in yeah. Europe <laughs> yeah I need some kind of like wild sexual awakening send him send him over here <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does kind of look like one of my ex-boyfriends oh no but like when I was younger as well yeah oh my god but he loved a boat shoe and like a Ralph Lauren moment yeah, with always like a little, little cuff chino. Yeah, and he actually had friends in America who he wasn't American, he was Welsh, but he had friends in America that were all frat boys. So I guess by osmosis. Yeah, kind of ingrained into his culture. Yeah, I mean, it was never going to last. <laughs> <laughs> so they start getting like physically corralled out of the party. You could tell Sonia was like one vagina flash away from literally being physically escorted outside. (laughs) Yeah, she has to be like literally removed from the premises. And I love that they all kind of gathered around her as if to be like, no, you can't go back inside. We're going to physically stop you from being able to re-enter this party. Oh, and I, did you see where the fourth wall broke for like a split second where she accosts the man in the corridor and she's like, you're handsome. And he just looks directly at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Look of absolute fear. And the way Luan was like, no, 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 he's, he's married. He is a baby. And she was like, yeah, oh, but he's a handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, honestly, it was wonderful. It was such, just pure joy fun wasn't it it was brilliant have you ever had to be like physically escorted out of somewhere never like literally removed from somewhere but I've plenty of times where I've had people be like I think it's time that you need to leave (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure what I prefer I know I don't know which is worse really (laughs) 
there's been many times where I should have been removed. To be but, fair, the bar for getting removed from a club here is pretty high. It is. It really, really is. And I mean, a lot of the time, like, especially when I was younger, like, I used to work in, like, nightclubs and I had loads of friends that, like, managed them and ran them, stuff like that. So I kind of had a bit of a free pass in the same vein. Do you know what I mean? So it was kind of like, it was just like, oh, God, face rolling around on the floor again. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of lethal. Yeah. You get a whole pass. Yeah, exactly. And it was just kind of like, oh, well just turn a blind eye like oh it's fine I know her like don't throw her out (laughs) I reckon you'd have to be uh, fully asleep maybe to get removed from a club here and even then I'm not convinced that they would No, I've had friends who have literally fell asleep stood up in the middle of nightclubs before and they've just been left (laughs) (laughs) one of my friends is like a real penchant for it he's literally he can be having the best time of his life and he can just be stood upright holding a beer and then he'll kind of glance around at him and his eyes will just be shut and he'll just be ever so slightly swaying on the spot. And it's like, he's asleep again, isn't he? It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's mad. I mean, why do they make booths and clubs so comfy if you're not? I know. Exactly. They're just asking for a little a little snooze, a little power disco nap to get, get through the rest of the evening. Yeah, and then there's always extra padding because you've got everyone's coats and bags yeah. and you can make like a little fort and just... Yeah, and you make a little nest and get cosy. Lovely. I love that. <laughs> Um, so the next morning Dorinda wakes Ramona up with Luann's text message (laughs) good night for the lower level so obviously just before we started recording you were telling me that you were watching like a low budget horror film yes we all agree that good night from the lower level is a horror film that we would love to see I would watch the fuck out of that it's a perfect title as well I think it's brilliant. I think it's at least a psychological thriller novel. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I just I just wish I understood the route because everything seemed fine when they left. Like Luan was like in fairly good spirits, like everybody else wasn't too drunk, it was just Sonia. So I don't really understand where this came from, unless there's stuff that we haven't seen yet. I reckon it's the drinking on the whole rather than anything specific. And I think the heightened atmosphere of that night, it probably just made her uncomfortable. I don't know. That would be my guess. I think she goes about it completely the wrong way. And I actually thought they left her a very sweet voicemail. I did as well. I was so surprised that those words even came out of Ramona's mouth. I think they caught her at the right time because she was very vulnerable (laughs) and very hungover. Because this is me. And I was in Ramona's place. I'd have been truly quite pissed off. Yeah, I would as well. Like that kind of level of ungratefulness. When, to Ramona's credit, she gave her that room, like in a, with really good intentions. She was like, you can be away from people if they are loud, if they are drinking. You know, it was all done with the best intentions. And kind of like I can't remember who it was, but like might have been Sonia or Dorinda said, like if you didn't like it, you could have just said, like if it wasn't. You know, if you weren't, if you genuinely weren't that happy down there, why not just say and ask to be removed somewhere else? Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I wouldn't put it past Ramona to like put someone in a shit room to get back at them, but I don't think that was the case. No, I don't either. I think she's done that in the past, and it wouldn't surprise me if she does that <laughs> fairly regularly. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think this was genuinely came from like a place of trying to be very understanding, and it obviously just didn't work out that way. Which Do you I think see her? Do you think we'll see her next episode? I think so. I think we'll see her, but I can't really figure out in what capacity. Like, I can't figure out if she's going to come 
back all like up a height and guns blazing or whether she's going to come back a little bit kind of apologetic and be well no not apologetic is the one <laughs> yeah I don't think she's physically possible no more of a let's just pretend that never happened and move on from it sort of <laughs> perspective because I mean the preview okay so oh. we're, I think this is now the seventh circle of Dante's Inferno <laughs> So that preview is already the best thing that I've seen on TV this year. There's screaming, there's destruction. Nakedness. Uh, Leah with that, naked with that torch. (laughs) Yeah, it's the grass. It was like um, Lord of the Flies. It was just human nature stripped back to its most basic urges and needs. Yeah, and it was her, was it Tinsley and Sonia, when they were just like, hammered naked in the pool you know and you're just like oh you found you found your people guys <laughs> another detail that honestly I was weeping out was the vibrator in the chicken <laughs> which okay already there's a vibrator in the chicken it's comedy gold the vibrator looks like a special shower head for like geriatric sh- wet <laughs> do you know what I mean vibrator. like it looked like no vibrator I've ever seen it, it looked like maybe a medical device <laughs> yeah it had like a kind of weird clinical kind of vibe to it didn't it yeah I think it was the color of the plastic yeah it was not appealing in any way nothing sensuous about no. it <laughs> but I just love the way that Leah looked at it like drumming her fingers and it was like was it you was it Sonia I don't think it would have been Tinsley I know there's no way Tinsley doesn't own a vibrator you can tell she's never never owned one in her life no definitely not I I just this was just really (laughs) who's your bets on who it belongs to I it's Sonia yeah or or maybe Lou oh could be Lou could be Lou I mean if you're not gonna drink yeah you need to have something (laughs) yeah you gotta have some kind of fun I do still have a little thing in the back of my mind that it might have been Leah's as well, though, you know. I feel like Leah would have, like, a Lilo. Yeah, that's true, actually. I think hers would be a lot more stylish than that. I think it's probably Sonia's. I think you're right. Or some, like, at least, like, a bright pink or a bright orange or something. Yeah, some kind of, like, fun, modern, not... (laughs) Sonia's is definitely from the 80s. (laughs) Yeah, you can tell she's had that same one for pretty much all of her adult life. Powered with fossil fuel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have to bring a dedicated propane tank around you can wheel it out every time you want to use it <laughs> you look like it's still plugged into the wall at any rate <laughs> and then obviously Ramona's distraught at the state of the house so I do understand this but I also do think it's quite satisfying payback for when she trashed Dorinda's fish room with Sonia Oh my god! Yeah. They like ripped the, like the brackets off the wall and the lights and like there was just fucking chaos. And she was like, "Well, I don't understand why you're so bothered about it." Blah blah blah. So I think it was yeah, that was actually damaging like the integrity of the house. Whereas this, yeah. let's face it, a cleaner's going to deal with this in an exactly. hour or two. You smashed a wine glass and one of your torches is broken. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, they're like, I, oh, it just makes me laugh that when they start like flinging the torches and I just kind of was thinking of like you know the old cave paintings yes. and... 
And it was full GCSE Lord of the Flies flashbacks where it was just that, like, like you say, like primitive dance, flames, everybody's suddenly naked for absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> They're all just competing to be the yeah. expert. Yeah. <laughs> he who controls the food supply and the drink supply will ultimately triumph over everybody. <laughs> I just think I, I think any kind of Rony escape to any kind of mansion, whether it's the Berkshires, whether it's the Hamptons, I think the whole thing is an exercise in the human condition. I completely agree. I think it's such a beautiful social experiment. You can change the variables, you can introduce different catalysts from different places. But ultimately, we're just watching a very raw and a very real stripping back yeah. <laughs> to people's basic needs to drink, you know, <laughs> have sex, have oh, an interaction in some form and assert dominance. <laughs> oh, and don't we just love to watch it? We do. Well, I literally cannot wait for that. I'm so excited. Yeah, it again, it just they they know what we needed. This is their gift to us and we need to we need to treat it with the respect that it deserves as a piece of art. Yeah. <laughs> Treasure it with all the relative uh niceties. I did also I I tweeted this, but I'm reusing it because I feel like it was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, when they flashed up those four mug shots. Oh my god, I love that moment so fucking much. <laughs> to me, I was like, you know how it's usually the four horsemen of the apocalypse? <laughs> this is the four horsemen of whatever's going to save us from the apocalypse. And I actually love them as a group as well. I think it's perfection. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. And like you say, I can I can take or leave Dorinda at this point. I'm still yeah. on the fence. But just there's something about those four together. And I think it's that complete, like, they're all sort of bonded in this thing that could be embarrassing, but they're sort of all choosing to make so much, like, light of it that I kind of just love them all the more for it. Yeah, and that's one place where I do have to commend Tinsley because for yeah. someone who is normally so kind of preppy and quite um, sort of stiff in a lot of ways, yeah, she like, well, seems to be able to lol at that part of her life. Yeah, I think it's probably a coping mechanism more than anything, but I think she handles it exceptionally well because it would be so much worse if she was like, nobody talk about it, you can never mention it, you can't bring it up. It's like, it does show that somewhere underneath all of the tinsliness that she can actually have fun and laugh at herself a little bit, which I don't think we get to see very much of. I think the ladies do help to bring out that side of her. Yeah, I agree as well. And I think the fact that she also ends up basically naked in the pool next week is evidence <laughs> of that. <laughs> I think it's something she needs a lot more of as well. Like, I feel like that's a woman that just needs to have a little bit more joy in her life. But like I say, I well, yeah, I don't understand how she can't already be happy. But I did also think, oh, my God, when this is all over, like, can't wait to be in a swimming pool or in a warm sea or in a hot tub. Yeah. Oh, God, I know. I also, every time I'm watching any bravo show now whenever they're like out and they're like in restaurants things all i can think is like god how much i miss just going out for a restaurant like having a dinner in a restaurant and some drinks i am so bored of cooking for myself same i'm so so over it three weeks then we'll we'll have to wait and see 
see what the verdict is. No. Three three weeks until we start torch bearing and (laughs) running at each other for fist fights. Beating each other with flaming sticks. Oh, I no, cannot wait that day. Need to settle your differences. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I will speak to you in a few days. Yes, I will speak to you in a few days for what's hopefully a slightly better Vanderpump Rules episode. Yeah, although we still had quite a lot to talk about, I feel like I do want it to improve in terms of quality. I've more or less given up on that as a concept. Yeah, same. I kind of just like enjoy dissecting it now <laughs> yeah we we can just do a normal deep dive yeah love it can't All wait right. stay safe you too Bye. Bye.